on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast. The boys are streaking to the playoffs. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 50 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday afternoon? I'd be chilling. It's nice and sunny outside, which is a good change up. Uh, we finally hit the month of April, so maybe we'll we'll start warming up here a bit. Hopefully no April showers, just 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 some sunlight to get some, some May flowers, you know. Uh, how are we doing there, Mike? Oh, doing great. It looks beautiful out here as well, down in Indy. Uh, sunny. I've got my windows open. I think it's a nice day. Uh, the phone says it's only 50 degrees, and the roommate, he's like, it's so cold out. And went outside, and he's like, yeah, it's every bit of 50 out here. That's exactly how he sounds, by the way. Um, yes, yes, indeed, it does. But it, coming through the window, it feels like a nice 65. So I don't know what he's talking about. I can uh, listen to him and... The old phone app, the old weather app, or just listen to the vibes. And the vibes tell me it's 65. Windows stay open. Yeah, I don't have my window open or anything. I don't have a screen in this window right now, so I don't want to don't wanna open it up because uh, there's all sorts of birds, bugs, whatever in the area. And it says it's 40, but I, it's, it's not 40 outside. It's warmer than 40, so I, don't, I just don't believe that. And you know what's wild is you said birds, bugs, all that. I don't know why or if it's the case, but since being down here in Indy, there's been some spiders and stuff, but I barely noticed any flies when I came down here when it was warmer in September. There is no mosquitoes. Like, it just feels like there's only spiders, like crawler bugs. I, I haven't really seen any flying bugs recently. I mean, I, I I hate spiders, but the rest of that, yeah, that is pretty clutch. Yeah, so I don't know. But on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, we get to talk about the boys are officially in playoffs. We know our matchup. Now, determining who's the home team, who's the away team, that is still in play. However, we likely know the outcome of that as well. But then after the commercial break, we're going to be talking about some news from around the league. So, Chase, we'll start off. The, the playoffs are set. For Tampa, at least, and they've been set since November. They have so fun, fun little stat. Um, by by Jeff Fialetti, I think it's how it's pronounced. I can never, I never know for sure. Jeff Fiat, whatever, it doesn't matter. We all know Jeff. Uh, fun, fun little stat sh- shared by him today that I didn't realize. But Toronto and Tampa have been matched up with each other as projected playoff opponents every day since November twenty seventh. That's one hundred twenty six days. 52 Leafs games, 57 Lightning games without any change in projected opponent, plus seven Toronto games and five Tampa Bay games left to go. So 75% of the season with the same round one opponent. And, of course, that's going to keep her rolling into playoffs, which is just incredible. I wonder if that's, like, the longest like streak that something like that has ever happened because, like, that's like that's wild. Yeah, I'd have to guess. To go that long is... Something I, I don't think most people would would see and will ever see in at least a while. But Toronto, they're a good team. And they're currently sitting four points ahead of us. Like you mentioned, they still have two more games on top of our standard five. So they are likely 
to be the home team here, but there is still a chance with Tampa. Uh, if they can close out the season on a hot streak, Toronto maybe slows down a bit, then we could become the home team. But as of right now, Toronto holding that and likely to hold that once we hit playoffs. Yeah. It, like, if it changes, like that'd be awesome, but it's, you know, it's not really looking like it's, it's going to be going anywhere. So as you said, Toronto's going to, going to get that, that host, but it's not really going to matter when we beat them before at our own ice anyway. Yeah, Toronto has a legacy in the playoffs, and uh, it's not a great one. So excited to get to the playoffs, and we'll preview that matchup as we get closer. But we want to look back at a couple of games. Uh, We have our game on Thursday against the New York Rangers. It was, excuse me, our game Thursday against the Washington Capitals. It was a big win, 5-1, to and put us on two games in a row, and then we followed up with a nice one against the Islanders last night to put us officially on a three-game win streak. Yeah, it was a nice win there uh, against the Caps on Thursday. Nice 5-1 dub. Kind of kind of saw a nice spread of scoring when, when it came um, came to the boys. Patty Maroon ended up getting first star of the game in this one. Had himself you know, a solid afternoon, played played pretty well in the game, I would say. And it was just it was a really, really strong team effort. There was nobody that really, like, put the team on their back in, in one way or the other here. Uh, Vassie played well in net, if you want to say that he maybe he did. But really up front, all the guys kept her going. Um, Patty Maroon, Stephen Samkos, two points, uh, as well as Anthony Sorelli. And then the rest of the team, just, uh, you know, they all looked pretty like pretty solid, well-rounded. So it, it was a nice, nice team win to kind of see as you're starting, you know, to wind down the regular season. Yeah, it's really nice to see because throughout the last couple of months, we've seen struggles up front, we've seen struggles in the net, and just the team was never clicking completely. Now, we see a big win against the Caps, and now a 5 nothing win against the Islanders, where yet again, the team overall played super well, and Andre Vasilevsky yet again standing on his head. Yeah, just great, great for him to get the shutout. I remember we were talking in like freaking December, January, whatever it was. It's like, man, he still doesn't have a shutout. This is, this is crazy. But now he is up to, I think the number is three. Um, but so he, you know, he, he's, he's been rolling. He's been playing pretty good. He's had some really nice games here down the stretch and there gotta be nice confidence boosters for him because even with the talented roster you have, you usually don't go too far in playoffs without a strong goalie or at least strong goalie performance. If you see guys, you know, goalies letting in three plus goals a game, the odds are you're not not winning the cup. And not that we expect Vasilevsky to do that, but just got to make sure he stays on his game, continues to ride the momentum of the game like the Islanders won. Uh, there's you know, there's five more to go in the regular season. We'll see how many he plays. I'm gonna guess it's probably be three of the five, and hopefully that you know, just some more confidence boosting and get him rolling. Yeah, it's really nice to see them compete against some of the good competing teams in the East. We saw them take a win against Carolina. Earlier in the week, then Thursday, you go up against a weaker Washington team, take them out, but then a 5 nothing win against the team that is currently in that first wildcard spot. We got another good opponent coming up on Wednesday, that being against the New York Rangers. We know the Rangers have gone all in, going out getting Vladimir Tarasenko, going out and get Patrick Kane. They're sitting 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. A very talented team with arguably the second-best goalie in the league, only behind Vassy. Based on the uh, players' poll, he is. Everyone said, you know, if he had to pick one goalie to win, Vasilevsky was safely number one, and then Shurkin came in at number two. So I'm assuming both guys get the start in this game. Should be a nice goalie duo. Maybe we see both backups play, but I don't think we see one backup play, one starter play. I think we're going to see 
you know, both had honchos or both second fiddles. And it's going to make for for an, an exciting evening for sure because that Rangers team is super talented. You know, when, when you go and add Patty Kane to what is already a very strong roster, um, it's really going to help boost your team going, you know, going towards the playoffs. They're they're really kind of um, all in and cup winning mode right now. So should be a fun matchup in one of the last few ones in the regular season. Yeah, and it's good to see that Steven Stamkos, this will be his 999th game of his career, and just the next night, Thursday night, against the New York Islanders, he'll hit 1,000. So we'll talk about him and his legacy in the next episode and how 1,000 games is such a huge mark, but it's going to be exciting to look out for. I'm sure there's going to be some type of presentation, whether it be you know that night or maybe when uh, we come back home we'll see something celebrated for Steven Samkos because a thousand games, that's a big milestone. A hundred percent. It is. Um, if I, if I had to guess, it'll probably be like an acknowledgement on that, like in that game. And then they'll do a ceremony for him. Um, either the first game, probably the, probably the first of the last two home games. I imagine they're going to do some season regular season clothing ceremony in the last one. So he'll, he'll get that note, that recognition, probably both places, um, get, get the nice silver stick when it, when he goes home, um, that the thousand player, the thousand game club gets. Um, so it's, it's, it's super cool. It's such an honor to get, to get that, you know, that number, I guess, lack of a better term. And it's crazy how much of a difference 999 compared to a thousand is because like 999 career games is still obviously an incredible amount. But if you stop there, you don't hit a thousand. Like that's, it's a large difference really. Mm-hmm. It really is. So hoping for some good stuff out of Tampa, continue streaking here, finish our road trip in New York strong and head to the playoffs looking real hot. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, talking some news from around the league. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on the DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Will FAU continue their miracle run, or will the Final Four be their final resting spot? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. And uh, just a little insight for you past Mike. Uh, FAU's final resting spot was indeed the Final Four as San Diego State and UConn are sitting in that national championship. Chase, I know you got your money on San Diego State. Hell yeah, I'm for San Diego State. Screw UConn. No one wants UConn to win. That, that's garbage. And um, I don't know if the Lions out yet, so we'll see what I actually bet. But I, I really wish FAU could have squeaked by. It would have been cool to see a 9 seed get in. But nonetheless, whoever's on that side of the bracket, I wanted to win. So let's go SDSU, baby. You know, I'm down for anyone at this point. You know, four seed, five seed. No matter what, you're not getting one of these Titan teams. So uh, I'm cool with whoever. Well, UConn's still Titan compared to basketball, like or in basketball compared to everybody else, but like they're not one of the top seeds this year. So I, I get what you're saying, but mm-hmm. like they can kick rocks. It, yeah, I don't, I don't have any hate 
for UConn. So I'm sure you don't either, but San Diego State, you know, cool story. Also, I, I yeah. do have to say, I've seen TikToks and tweets. Uh, I think it was like back in December. Someone said, watch out for San Diego State. He's putting his money on San Diego State. And they're like, you can't even name the top three players on San Diego State. Sure enough, he did. He talked about the coach. He said 72-1 odds. That's a slam dunk. And, I mean, it's working out right now. That's for sure. That's incredible. That, that, that'd be a nice nice little little payday for, for him. You know, I... I, I, I don't even know. Like, I'm, I'm no expert in college basketball by any means, obviously, in case you haven't heard us ever talk about it. But, like, just no matter how, like, much of an expert you think you are, like, to just to try to really think, like, oh, this team's – they're, they're, they're going to go on a run. They're, they're going to go go win the tournament. And, and they're a team like SDSU. They're not one of the, you know, perennial powerhouses. Like, that, that, that you, you could know all you want. That's still a hell of a lucky guess. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the experts. I think it was an ESPN show. Maybe it was a Fox Sports show. Whatever it was, it said, who are you picking to win the national championship? And every team they had on the board was gone by the Elite Eight. So, you know, these experts, they talk about it. And, uh, you know, no one knows. But I don't know if you've seen the video, Chase. If not, I'll try to find it for you after we do the show send it over because this guy was committed. He was like, San Diego State is going to do it. He was electric during his speech. If I would have saw it back in December, I would have put money on him. Yeah, I, I didn't see this. All right, I'll send it to you. Anyways, I'm, let's get... I'm very sad now. Let's get back to uh, a little bit of hockey talk and talk about how uh, there were there were some players scoring some goals as of recent. Yeah, so on Saturday... Uh, they'll check us on Saturday. I'll make sure I'm not crack. Yeah, it was on Saturday. Um, there was five hat tricks scored in the NHL, which that was the first time that happened since 1989. So that's kind of a, a cool little fun fact. It's cause that, that is, it's a lot of goals scored just between, you know, five, five players, especially when, um, you know, you look at Carter Verhage, he ended up getting four for him. Uh, so obviously I say Carter Verhage is on that list to round out the rest of it. David Pasternak, Noah Gregor, Leon Dreisaitl and Alex Tuck. So, you got two, you know, like like studs that you, you can expect to score that level or that number of goals. Then three guys that – well, at least two guys that are, are good players. Um, So, like, you could see a path where they get a couple, maybe a hat trick. And then Noah Gregor, like, uh, a, a bit out of nowhere, for, first career hat trick. Um, So, congrats to him. That, that was It is a bit random, but kind of kind of a cool little fact there, eh? Yeah, not bad at all. And Carter Verhage, former Tampa Bay Lightning, hits – 40 goals on the season. I, You know, we, we were big fans over here of Carter Verhage. We were sad to see him go. But 40 goals? I don't think we ever would have predicted that. No, no. I, I thought he would have been like, you know, uh, maybe a, a slightly better Ross Colton type type of thing. We're like, yeah, you know, like def, definitely impactful player. Looking like he had some some talent to do something, but maybe was at best a middle six guy. No, he he's he's a first line forward. Like on top of that forty goals, just seventy total points on the year, seventy six games. Like he's just been he's been rolling this year, man. Yeah, he's been balling. It's been crazy. Well, let's talk about the Canes and the Coyotes. Uh, sounds like they might be going down under. They might be going to the land down under. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, it's this article from Sportsnet, you know, says Kings Coyotes appear to be going to Australia for future game. So um, th- there's been talks already about the NHL 
looking to play a preseason or um, regular season, like opening game in Australia. They're obviously trying to grow themselves internationally. There's actually comparative to the population down there, a decent following for ice hockey. Their, their pro league gets a pretty good amount of fans. There's, you know, there's an Australian player that plays NHL games and and Nathan Walker. Uh, So they, and and also don't want to, don't want to forget to say this. There's a big like tournament, I guess, for lack of a better term that I don't remember who puts it on. Um, but it's it's some sort of former pro. He puts it on and like he invites other former pros or celebrities or whatever to go down there, and they just go down to Australia for two weeks, play in some like you know charity hockey games, and just go and party and have fun. So that like there there's hockey down there, and players go there, and player players love it. So it's it's gonna be a good opportunity to kind of do you get a little bit of exposure down there with that high end talent, especially like legitimate high end talent, not even just guys that are playing a charity game. Um, I I'm excited to see how this is going to work out when it's going to happen. It's just gonna be a little tough to, to watch. Cause you know, it's, it's very slightly out of our time zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just very slightly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it'll be a little tough. I don't know if I can stay up that extra hour. You know, I think the Canes, uh, great for them, but I think the coyotes are a perfect team because we're still unsure on if they're ever going to have a home. So maybe checking out Australia, maybe, maybe that's where they go. Who knows? Um, that'd be awesome <laughs> but uh, for those of you who haven't seen obviously arizona talked about or the coyotes have talked about getting a new rink in tempe uh however it looks like phoenix is moving to block the 2.1 million dollar coyotes arena plans so uh I have no updates on that. That came out March 29th so hoping that we can get some updates here. I just looked and there's nothing new but that's interesting. Dude, it's it's a nightmare. Can, like, can we just get him out of that damn state? Right? Go go throw him in Houston. Uh, the mm-hmm. NHL obviously wants a team there. Just go put him in Houston. Stop dealing with with this bullshit. It's so annoying. Yeah, I saw a April Fool's joke yesterday saying that the Coyotes are moving to Houston. And I was like, yeah, oh, this I is did dope. see that as well. But no, not the case. That that would have been great. All right, Saginaw. They are in route to hosting the 2024 Memorial Cup. Yeah, so this is not just a few days ago. Um bit surprising because this is obviously uh you know pre- prestigious Canadian trophy that's played amongst the three Canadian major junior leagues and the American City gets to host it. I, I think part of it has to you know do with you got Michael Misa, the exceptional status kid who he still won't be draft eligible next year. He's still only gonna be a 16 year old um but he kind of commanded the Saginaw Spirit team this year and helped them roll through the OHL a little bit. They're rolling through the playoffs right now against Flint. I, I think he played a big role in it um, on top of Saginaw, just winning the bid by saying, we're going to do these upgrades to the area, do these upgrades to the rink, blah, 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 that type of stuff. It's kind of like the Olympics where you've like, yeah, we're going to bid this much money because we're going to upgrade these facilities, blah, blah, blah. Same type of thing. But still, even when that's the case, you usually don't see too many American cities end up getting awarded it. So, Good for Saginaw. Um, it's going to be great exposure for them. It's going to be a great revenue driver for the city. It can be a great revenue driver for the arena. Great for the team. And they get an automatic chance to play for the Memorial Cup, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the first time in the uh, franchise's history, at least as they've been in Saginaw, because they were a relocation team. So uh, that'll be super exciting for them. Yeah, not bad. And uh, I'm trying to do some really quick research to see what other um, American cities potentially hosted it. And from 1919 all the way up to 1982, there was no American host, and it looks like they just drop off the host for some reason under here. So, 
Oh, okay. That's that's weird. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's it's it, it's very rare. Um, so it, it's cool for Saginaw. It's cool for the team that I I have some some history with. Um, you know, I'm rooting for them. We'll always be rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, and finally, we got to talk about Connor Bedard once again. Connor McDavid as well. Um, the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I shared with you and John the video of I think it was was it Craig Button. Greg Button saying that he, you know, comparing him, uh, Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard, he was talking about how both had prolific CHL careers, but the one aspect in which Connor Bedard stands out is the World Juniors. He absolutely dominated the World Juniors. No one was close to his level when he was in that tournament versus Connor McDavid. He had a good World Juniors, but he wasn't dominant in that case. So he was comparing the two as prospects and said he would actually prefer. Connor Bedard over Connor McDavid, and I know that's a little controversial, but you back it all the way. Yeah, this is a rare Craig Button W, as I as I said in there, because I don't agree with Craig Button almost ever, but I I have to agree here because I've said this quite a few times to people. It's like like Connor Bedard is just the better prospect. I'm I'm sorry, I understand the hype for Connor McDavid, but he is, and people are like, are you outside of your mind? It's like no, no, it's like it's just the truth. If it wasn't for COVID and this guy got to play three full WHL seasons instead of his first year being only 15 games, just imagine the numbers he would have put off. Or he, by the way, he had two points per game. He had 30 points in those 15 games. So imagine the numbers he would have put up as a 15-year-old playing in the WHL and his career numbers in junior. They would be absolutely absurd. He would have he would have beat all all players. He would have beat Tavares. Would have beat McDavid. Would would have beat everybody in that first year production and total production. He probably wouldn't beat Tavares because Tavares got four years out of it, but he would beat just about everybody else. And it, it, it wouldn't even be close in terms of numbers. He dominated internationally. He just, he's carrying a team that has nobody, but two even slightly hopeful NHL players on it outside of him. Whereas Connor McDavid, you know, the year they won the Memorial cup, his last year, yeah, it's awesome. He led the team to the Memorial Cup, but the team also had Dylan Strome. They had Taylor Rash. They had Andre Burakovsky. They, they had both Radish brothers. They had Alex Debrinket. Like they had Oscar Danskinat. They had all these great, just great players that ended up playing NHL games or at least um, played some high-level American League games too. So they had a very stacked roster that really helped make McDavid's numbers too. And Bedard's just kind of doing this on his own, and it, it's really incredible to say that. We're seeing this 5-9 forward, um, which, you know, smaller players have been hated by the NHL forever as maybe the best prospect of all time. And if he was six foot, I think it wouldn't even be a question. Everyone would look at him that way. But because he's 5-9, you know, people are sliding him a bit. But sure, he might not be as dynamic of a skater as McDavid, but I think basically everything else, at least offensively, probably even defensively, he does at least slightly better. I mean, if you ask me, he's the best prospect we've seen since Xavier Laflamme and Goon, so... Oh, of course. Well, and he only went second overall. I got to know who went first overall in that draft. Honestly, it it wasn't like the it wasn't the enforcer guy in Goon Two, was it? No, no, it was not. <laughs> I, there, there was a name on the board. It's a very like generic name. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. Um, but you know, we might. I wonder if somebody ever created like a like because they have like like a like wiki fandom where they people create like fan fiction type stuff, whatever. I wonder if everyone anyone ever did that for for him. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. We'll have to go back and look. Um. But there's so much hype around Connor Bedard that TSN has even done 
fake draft lotteries. And then they brought on Connor Bedard and was like, so the winner of our fake draft lottery was, I think it was like Anaheim or something. So how would you feel about going to Anaheim? And he's like, um, I don't know. Cool. So it, it's wild. The hype that Connor Bedard has right now. Uh, and, and for good reason, but we got the draft lottery coming up really soon here, right as the season ends. So we'll be covering that as well. It's going to be, an awesome draft season, football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. No matter where you're looking, there's just generational prospects when it comes to all draft classes this year. It's so exciting. It, it, it's awesome. I love seeing an influx of talent. And it, it, it's not even just Connor Bernard. Right behind him, Adam Fantilli, Matthew Mishkov, even Leo Carlson, four guys total that would be first overall picks in many, many drafts. Leo Carlson would be less than the other three, but, you know, like Fantilli, Mishkov, they're going to go back and be first overall picks in most of those other drafts too. So it's just a crazy influx of high-end talent in this draft. You know, that those top 10 picks in the first round are looking super strong. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that I've been seeing with Mafe Mishkov, at least earlier on in the season, he was lower ranked by a lot of people. I'm now looking at his elite prospects page and the lowest you see is four, but there's a lot more threes and there's even a two because he's been going on a bit of a tear in the KHL 20 points through 27 games with HK Sochi. Yeah, dude, he, like he, he's just, he's so special. He's playing on a horrible team in the KHL as well. Like, like Sochi sucks. He finally got lonely after St. Petersburg refused to play him and he started dominating because he's just that good. But like putting up, better numbers than Ovechkin in his draft year. Like he, he just, he was tearing it up and I still have him as my number two. I don't like, I don't think that should be any question. Fantilli is awesome. He deserves to win the Hobie Baker a hundred percent as a draft eligible player. He's a big body. He plays down the middle, but I, Matthew Mishkov is just like, he's the guy I'm taking. I, I, I apologize to the, to the Twitter account. I can't remember who does it, but like he created a, a model P NHLE. It's like, and it, like it's like NHL hockey rankers, something like that is the qu- account. And what he does, he, he the, this, this model that he created, it like predicts future production in the NHL. So like based on the league you're playing in, um, you know, like what you're doing right there, what like the history says comparatively, it's predicting what you, they think your NHL ceiling is in terms of scoring. And Mishkov is the leader. Like he had 151 point projection as a ceiling and Connor Bar is 150. So oh. like that, that's just a level of talent that, that Mishkov is um, offensively and with what he's been doing in, in Russia. I, I just, if, if it was, if it wasn't for his contract, like he's slam dunk second overall, even there'd be some people that'd be like, well, I'm putting him at number one. Like, I think that would legitimately happen because like, he is just like, he, he's incredible, man. So I, I don't, I don't care. If he's three years out, if I'm picking second overall, I'm drafting Matthew Mishkov. I'm slowly building my team. Then he shows up as a rookie 21 year old, ready to score a hundred points, ready to go make the playoff push. Yeah. There's a lot of excitement coming up here on the bolts broadcast. Going to be doing more draft coverage. And of course, talk about the Tampa Bay lightning and their run through the playoffs, starting with Toronto. But today we ended off with a hockey name of the day and we've got, Oh, Tor Emo. Tor Emu, Emu, Michael. There's only there's only one like, O though. It you know it's it's like it's like an emu you know like yeah. um. You say there's only one O. Yeah. Did I not po- post it right? <laughs> oh, maybe not. Oh no 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 no. Okay, 
I, 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 no, I'm, I'm thinking wrong. I, I thought there was two L's in the name, but no, it's, it's, it's two M's and an L, but still, it's still, it's still Emu. I apologize for that. I'm on crack. But anyway, our boy Tor, uh, he, he's a Swede, born in 1994, 28 years old, currently playing in the German second league, 61 points to 47 games. So I imagine he's going to go play. I don't know if they're getting promoted, Ishii Freiburg or not. So may, maybe they get promoted to the top German league and he stays there. Maybe he goes and plays elsewhere. I don't know, but Tor never really played internationally for Sweden. So always played domestically, played in the um, Alsvenskan League for a while, and has you know spent last year playing between the Czech and, and Slovakia, and then this year in Germany. So we'll see where he ends up next season. But he's putting up some good numbers that you know warrant him getting an opportunity somewhere at least. I kind of dig the name Tor too. I, I feel like that'd be like a very yeah. Viking name. Yeah, it it, it definitely is. I, I like it quite a bit. Good name. And seems like a decent little player, too. But that's going to do it for yeah, the show. Yeah, Want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, good. Hit him in the outro. As always, want to thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. It's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts and network right there. Boom, click the logo. This is an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate is five stars. Thanks for questions, comments, concerns. We appreciate it. Whatever you do, use code THPN when you sign for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.